Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. With The Bachelor wrapping up, be sure to check out The Bachelor Party Podcast with Juliet Littman for all your news and coverage, as well as interviews with former contestants, producers, and personalities from Bachelor Nation. Also, with opening day right around the corner, the MLB Show podcast is back, covering Bryce Harper and Manny Machado's recent signings and much more. You can subscribe to both on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow our NFL team for full coverage of the NFL Combine and pre-draft analysis on TheRinger.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We got to go back to this Kardashian well. We got to talk about last week's Red Table Talk with Jordan Woods and Jada Pinkett Smith. It's a rich text. It really is. Also, we'll be discussing Luke Perry. Yeah. R.I.P. Sad. And after that, what it's like to go to a New York Rangers game, as told by <laughs> photos when you're a celebrity. Uh, let's get into it. Let's start with Red Table Talk. Amanda, what a tour de force from both Jordan Woods and Jada Pinkett Smith. This was astonishing. This was the most riveting thing that I've watched in some time. And, you know, it was one of those things where it happened on Friday and I saw snippets on Instagram and it was kind of being discussed in the office. And I took some time Friday afternoon to just sit and watch 25 minutes straight. And then I needed to talk to everyone in my life about it. And I found (laughs) myself in the position of being like, have you seen this? Okay, no. Let me just tell you for 25 minutes what happens in it. Uh, you did explain it to me first, <laughs> and then I went back and watched it. I was confused because I haven't watched Red Table Talk before, mm-hmm. but now I regret that because it's amazing. Jada Pinkett Smith is so great. I was confused because at first they convened in her kitchen where there's not a red table. Yes. And I was like, very generous uh, interpretation of the color red, but okay, I can go with it. Red right. wood, sure. But then they do move to the table. Yes, it's, a, it's very red. It really is. And... It was really captivating. It was really just a fascinating watch. What was the main thing that drew you in? Well, I mean, which main thing? Like, I, I have a monologue of <laughs> okay. things I'd love to talk about. Like you, I was familiar with Red Table Talk, but hadn't watched more than specific clips. It, it is often aggregated, and so I feel like much of what I know about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's li- lives in the last year and a half is— from, from Red Table Talk, mm-hmm. even though I don't totally engage with the source sure. material, primarily because I don't look at Facebook, no longer on Facebook, which is a different discussion. And it is a Facebook watch show. Yeah. So I had never seen a full episode, and it was riveting. We got to start with the introduction. Sure. Which is when Will Smith Skypes in from the set of Bad Boys 3. Yes. In order to express his support for Jordan, to explain the family's connection to Jordan, and to give some really inspiring dad advice, like (laughs) take your medicine and own your truth, which is a real thing that he says. But so in the first three minutes, you are honestly in their kitchen and Will Smith is Skyping and being like, peak Will Smith, and also endorsing this young woman who up until Friday had really not had any defenders in the press whatsoever. And you don't see that that often? No. Agreed. And we forget, like, especially to you and me of a certain generation, Will Smith is so famous, and suddenly Will Smith is in the mix, and it's kind of, he's on the, on Skype, kind of explaining family connections, and there's like a family scrapbook edited montage (laughs) being like, we're all best friends, and it goes back to Fresh Prince. And in the span of two minutes, like, I am entirely, like, ready to hear everything that Jordan Wood says. It's very powerful. 
you forget how much of a celebrity that Will Smith is and how much what he says goes. Totally. And then and then they go Uncle to the red Will. table. Uncle Will. Jada right? calls they, him Uncle yeah. Will repeatedly. And then and then Jada Pinkett Smith takes center stage. Yes. And she's really I think the last like since Magic Mike XXL has been a real Jada revival. Indeed. And she's I mean, she's obviously extremely popular, has a lot of core fans. But I just feel like as sort of this like godmother to many, she has really just harnessed this amazing power. Yes. And I, I love her. She I, I would watch a lot more with her being herself, not just as an actress. Yeah, it's been interesting in the last few years because aside from this introduction, my main exposure to Will Smith has been on his Instagram, Mm. which Will Smith Instagram is a triumph. I really feel that it is the medium in which Will Smith excels the most. Oh, absolutely. He is a major movie star and a musician and many other things, but just please go watch his uh, his In My Feelings Challenge yes. on his Instagram. <laughs> I forgot about that. That it's, feels like a lifetime ago. Right, but so, and he does a lot of heavily produced but still kind of goofy things on Instagram. He is working the fun dad on social media persona. Mm-hmm. Which is a slight turn for him. I think it's the right turn at this moment in time, but it's kind of a new Will Smith. But at the same time, Jada has Red Table Talk, which is like extremely popular. The first episode of the show has been watched 27 million times, which we know that, you know, watch counts inflate things. But sure. fam, a lot of people are watching this. Yes. And it's been interesting for Jada to assume kind of the the sage adult role in the relationship, public role in the relationship, while Will Smith is just being like, and another Instagram video. Totally. Also, it kind of seems like they take, a lot of celebrity couples do this. They kind of take turns like doing movies. Mm -hmm. Like she had a run where she was doing a bunch of movies where I feel like he had kind of a lower profile. And now he's got Bad Boys 3 coming out and she's sort of doing more. I guess like this kind of show falls into like lifestyle work, which is a burgeoning part Mm -hmm. of, or or fully now fully formed part of uh, being a celebrity. But it's kind of like they alternate who's acting and who's just being a public person. And they've really got it down. I mean, they've been together a long time. They've probably like maneuvered this together. But it's really interesting to see their careers be like complementary and not necessarily parallel. Yes. But they still also allow each other to be a part of it. Like you really do. This uses the Will Smith brand just enough. So it still is Jada's show, but he is there in a supporting role. But sure. And but still bringing the power of this is an extremely powerful and famous celebrity couple. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're using their powers combined. Yeah, absolutely. And Jordan Woods, I'm not that familiar with her and I was really taken with her. First of all, I think she's gorgeous. And I guess yes. a lot of people knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> and great makeup in this video. And it seemed like she was being pretty earnest. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was really fascinating. You know who is being very earnest and just masterful is Jada Pinkett Smith. And this is really, she puts Jordan in a position to succeed throughout this whole interview. There is a moment kind of three-fourths in when Jordan kind of veers from the script a little bit. And she is sort of passive-aggressively subtweeting Chloe. And she's like, I haven't been out in public. I haven't been talking about this. I haven't been, you know, doing my dirty laundry in public and it like gets a little snippy and you know what that she's talking about Chloe and she's mad and I kind of feel like that's her like actual take on this whole situation totally but it's about 20 minutes in also all of like the kind of like direct questions of like 
have you talked to Chloe? Anything that was yeah. specifically about a member of the Kardashian-Jenner family, she gave one-word answers to, which was really smart. Like and she, there, are, there are some noticeable cuts. Yeah. Just so you know, there are a few times where the editing, I was aware of it. What was the most obvious to you? There were just a few where she gets asked pointed questions. Yeah. And as you said, they are brief answers. And then they go back to Jada, who is definitely leading the conversation and interpreting the questions and answers and doing stand and work for the audience and also kind of putting Jordan's lessons in her own mouth just a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, which, again, is, I think, exactly what this moment needed. And I think it's so interesting to kind of watch the narrative before this Red Table talk and then watch it afterwards, and particularly Khloe Kardashian's response to it. Yeah. It takes a lot to own the Kardashians and to beat them at their own game. And I think this did. And I think the way that you know that is because— as soon as this video went up, or I think as it was happening, Chloe sent a couple of angry and ill-advised, in my opinion, tweets. One of them just being like, Jordan, you are the reason my family is breaking up. Yeah. She got ratioed pretty quickly on that. She really a, did. Yeah. A lot of people, I think even fans of her, were pretty quick to point out that there was another person named Tristan yeah. who is responsible. And then she acknowledged that. She was like, Tristan Thompson is the reason my family broke up. Yeah, but it took a full day. And yes. I think it was a lot of people pointing it out to her that was boneheaded. But I think it was also the fact that this video, I mean, like this show so perfectly positioned Jordan as someone who made some mistakes, but who doesn't deserve as much of the backlash as she's getting. Yes, agreed. And... I you know, I can't remember a time when the Kardashians have been so thoroughly rebuked or just kind of lost the me media manipulation game in yes. the way that they lost this round. This definitely came, it must have come upon them in just a very unexpected way because they've just been very slow to kind of get a handle for it. Yeah. And on going, it. You know, we talked about this before, the idea that this comes a few weeks before a new season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and they do like to manufacture drama yes. and then cover it on their show. And it did seem in a lot of ways like this is something that will certainly be explored on the show. And I've talked before about, I did actually watch the episodes where Chloe learned of Tristan's original cheating and then went into labor. That was pretty good TV. Yeah. You know, it kind of works. But this is a case where saving the drama for the show, it takes too long. Yeah, I know. And most people don't have the apparatus to be able to fight fire with fire. Sure. But Jordan Woods happens to be aligned with the other most powerful family in Calabasas, the Pinkett Smiths. It's true. Yeah. And it's also like, it's the power of, of like the platform that is Facebook Watch versus, it's kind of like a real old versus new media yeah. thing. And also Jada Pinkett Smith makes it seem like it was her idea to have Jordan Woods come on. And I, and I kind of like believe that just because of, of how they position Jordan as like a young woman they've watched grow up and like a basically like a member of their family yeah. almost. And it's interesting just seeing her harness like her own platform in the way we're we're expecting the Kardashians to. Yes. I think it's it was her idea and she also says it was Uncle Will's idea, yeah. which is like very fascinating. And she even ties it's when they're talking about um Black women's role in society and how they were the first to be blamed. And then Jada goes, Uncle Will knows that. And that's why Uncle Will wanted you to do this, which, again, I, I think it's a great point. It's a really valid point and also just a masterful aligning of all of their uh, influences and totally. messaging. She's just very good at this. She really is. And you have it. There aren't that many people that are as good at this as the Kardashians are. And I really thought, in addition to just being kind of gripping 
TV. I mean, she just on TV is just like, Jordan, did you sleep with Tristan? Can you imagine someone you've known your whole life who's like a mother figure to you in public just being like, did you sleep with so-and-so? No, I can't. I would be mortified. I would too. But, I, you know, it also, it worked because she said no, and I'm inclined to believe her. Yeah, I am too. She also gave like a really thorough, like, like hour by hour, in some cases, minute by minute breakdown, right. which was convincing. Yes, definitely trained. They definitely went through this yeah. a few times before she did it on camera. Also, I liked that she mentioned that her car had been outside and noted that there was a driver. Like she had a driver bring her car over just to make everyone aware that she wasn't drunk yeah. driving or like driving while intoxicated of any in any way. Yes. And I also liked how she's like, just like an L.A. thing to do. Like after the club, you go and you keep partying. Right. It's like, okay, cool. I didn't know. Right. And then, you know, I love the part where she admits that she had been out till 6 a.m., like three nights in a row. Yeah. Because that was the lifestyle that <laughs> Me she too. was. Yeah, it, it was interesting the extent to, you get the sense that she has very much been influenced by the Kardashian world and like wants to be a part of it. And also what that world is really like. Yeah. As opposed to, although I don't know what it is, that it is, because I, if the Kardashians are doing it for work, then you go home. Mm-hmm. And then it's the people who hang around who find themselves in these situations. I think you just get so accustomed to like free stuff, mm-hmm. easy access, tickets, free, like glamour. Like it's just a lifestyle of being super famous that you get really used to. And she doesn't want to lose that. Yeah. I think the other thing here, it gets lost in the coverage, but she is 21. Yeah. And it's, Jada Pinkett Smith looks amazing, but this it is a mentor figure, mother figure, younger figure dynamic in this relationship. And you are reminded that she is like a younger person still figuring some things out, which is very useful to her cause. Yeah, totally. Because otherwise, she's just another woman. Chloe is... Chloe's like 34. Yeah. she Jordan is much younger and kind of possibly in over her head a bit. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And that is important messaging that the Red Table Talk kind of puts out there. Yes. Absolutely. So I think at least you and I agree that this is a Jordan victory. We're yeah, Team Jordan. Sure. I mean, I just, I watched this and then I proclaimed to, totally, to team our Jordan. Slack, to anyone. I'm like Team Jordan. I think she's young. I think that it's Tristan's fault. I, she made some mistakes. Totally. She made some mistakes, you know, and I think probably as a friend or a person who had a relationship with someone, I wouldn't feel great about it. Me neither. You know, I don't know what her future is in the Kardashian empire, which is interesting and kind of what I want to ask you about. So, Just how lucky to have the Smith family as a backup. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> so this is amazing. I'm so into, like, the, you know, the warring Calabasas clans here. It really is, like, a civil war in a small town, the, the richest town in America. But I do kind of wonder what this means for both of them going forward. I think Jordan, it's like a she won the battle, but possibly not the war. Yes. I, you know, because I don't know how many opportunities there are for her in the Smith Pinkett universe. Yeah, like who, how is she going to get paid? Although she has way more Instagram followers than I realize. Like she will have an economy promoting shit on her own because she's like earned all of those followers. But yes, less clear like how she fits in because they don't really have like famous friends in the same way. Yeah, and it's just kind of her source of power and influence was being part of the Kardashian yeah, machine. And absolutely. when you when you are like one person battling a machine, it's it's tough. There's a lot of infrastructure <laughs> in place. That said, I think that this was an embarrassing 
media loss for them. And I was trying to think about a time when they have mishandled it. So much? So much. I think the Kardashian-Jenner wave has crested. And, like, I may have said it before in this podcast, but I actually believe it to be true now. I just think that, to your point earlier, the TV show lag is too much in, like, the ever-growing social media sphere. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a huge cudgel for them, but it's almost, like, antiquated now. And so I can't think of such a major loss. And it's kind of like interesting poetry against the Taylor Swift article that came out today yes. about her saying how Kim Kardashian um, like made her like when, with the whole tapes receipts issue. Yes. When, when they called that? her a snake the and everything. Days. But that was three years ago. I and know. That was probably the peak of Kim Kardashian. Three and a half or two and a half. It was the summer of 16 because we had a website. And I remember mm-hmm. you were like, who's blogging about this? Yeah. So yeah. it was like two and a half years ago. And it's kind of interesting, like, that their show just doesn't have the same power anymore. Plus, like, there's something to be said for having, like, too many people in the Kardashian-Jenner sphere. When it was a lot tighter, like, this is the family, and it was more like a mafia type of family situation, Mm -hmm. it almost had more power. That's kind of sort of how how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree with it. I think the the point that the TV empire is no longer their major source of power is an important one. It's still a tremendous sort of power. It's a platform for them and free advertisement for all of their many businesses. But, you know, Kylie is the quote-unquote most valuable, kind of the richest of the sisters. We can talk about whether a billion-dollar valuation is accurate. Well, I can't because I'm not a business person, but I know many people who are (laughs) suspicious of it. That said, I think that she is worth a ton of money because the lip kits and her makeup empire are extremely successful. And Kim is— you know, has moved into perfume and also makeup. They are—they're not selling things. They're not like actual businesses as opposed to just influence merchants. Although I suppose that is being an influence merchant. Yeah. But it's an influence merchant. You know, it's integrated. It's all—they're selling actual products sure. that you can pay instead of just selling themselves, sort of. So I do think—like, Chloe doesn't really have that same level no. of financial interest. Uh, Courtney certainly doesn't. And Kendall is a model, which is his own thing. But she's an never— An official courtside cheerleader of the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, which amazing. But she has never really been as much in the mix. So it does kind of feel like this sphere of influence is kind of focusing back in on Kim and Kylie. Though, yeah. I don't know. Chloe's good for drama, and you still need it. We have been talking about this more than we have oh been God. talking about— Anything that Kim or Kylie or— I know. I don't even know what Kim's up to. Um, I don't really either. I think she I just— care, though, She was either. wearing some weird Little Mermaid stuff. I don't know. They have a lot of kids. <laughs> it's good for them. Kenny yeah, G was at her house mom. for Valentine's Day. That I mean, that was honestly pretty cool. Yeah, just focus on your kids. Yeah. I, I'm curious about how much longer they can keep the media stranglehold. Me too. But at the same time, we have talked about them on the podcast for, for several so many weeks, years. despite your total hatred of them. I know. I did, I've never so, heard Jordan Wood speak before. I, I didn't really even truly know what she looks like, I think. Here's what I'd like. I would just, like, I'm going to find a way to watch more Red Table Talks. I need <laughs> Me more. Too. I would like for the Pinkett Smiths to ascend and take the Calabasas throne. That's a great media outcome for all of us. Totally. And let's get Drake on that show. If we're talking Calabasas. Next, I mean, I'm next into time we have the Yolo Ranch. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> um, should we move on? Yes. Let's talk about Luke Perry. This was sad. This was really sad. Were you? Are you a big Nano Two Hundred fan? Of course. Just love it so much. I, so the funny thing is, I loved. I love Dylan. 
But I'm a total Brandon girl. Yeah. Well, I mean, this has been documented <laughs> over and over again. You like the nice guys. Brandon and Kelly was I just my favorite couple on that show ever. <laughs> ever. I loved it. Um, like, I know that it makes me an extreme anomaly, but I just love when they were together. Yeah, it, but it makes you interesting because <laughs> I'm about to say all the, you know, boring bullshit stuff, right? Like, I was obviously a Dylan person. Dylan dating Brenda, who had long, dark hair, much like I sure. did, in a sea of blondes. That meant something. Kaya, do you even know what we're talking about? Kaya, yeah, our producer. I, I can't say I do. Yeah, she does not. Uh, that's fine. Da, 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 I, da, 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 I think I was very young and I remember the episode when Brenda and Dylan have sex sure, at the spring course. dance. I like had to season my, one, isn't it? Yeah, it's season one. And my mother had to sit down and have a talk with me because I was like too little to be watching this and understanding. And it was really one of the only times where my parents had to like have a conversation about content that I was consuming that wasn't appropriate. And I needed to know that real life wasn't like that, even though it's totally like that, whatever. Of course. Though I guess it's not that many people are getting Actually, probably plenty of people are getting hotel rooms when the dance is at a hotel. Yeah, for prom. Yeah. It's definitely dance, a whatever. movie trope. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She's all that and yeah. so so many others. I was thinking of blockers more yeah, recently. Yeah, of course. Blockers. Yeah. Great stuff. Luke Perry came to Grantland when he's on the BS podcast and came with his dog. And he was just so nice. Bill pitched him a show called 9021 Old. And <laughs> uh, I, you probably can still find this on YouTube or something. And he was just like a nice, like casual guy. And... Uh, it's really sad. He was just, like, so famous for so long. And you shared with me this Vanity Fair article that he's yes. on the cover of in 1992. I think it's hard to grasp how frickin' famous and how quickly they all got famous from the cast of 90210. I guess it's kind of similar to Riverdale, which is on right now, which Luke Perry was on as Archie's yes. father, because they all took off as, like, mega stars as well. But this was and when— it's like Gossip Girl. Yes. It was that kind of instant teen yeah. sensation. And there were so much less TV back then, so it was, like, an even bigger, bigger deal. And yeah. it's just so it's just wild. He this, was so famous. This 1992 cover story on in Vanity Fair is a wild ride. It is uh, certainly of its time for better and often for worse. There are some language choices that I do not think would be made in 2019 or I hope would not be made. Yes. And um, there is also it's it's during the L.A. riots. So Luke Perry's 25-year-old thoughts about L.A. riots and the uh, socio-political situation in Los Angeles is um, it's a mind and development. But the other things referenced in, you know, Madonna is really aware of Luke Perry. Like Madonna is a major figure in this story. He's so famous. He also, like all great TV heartthrobs, has a pet pig. I didn't Learn about. Yes. I didn't know about this, and it obviously made me think of George Clooney. Of course, but he had a pet pig before George Clooney. He was really Luke Perry taught a, a generation about uh, teen <laughs> idols. I would yeah. say it was like it, you know, you there was the Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Devin Sawa, like teen beat, non threatening eight nine year old situation, <laughs> yes. and then you leveled up, and then you learned about Luke Perry, and it was very important. And I, I saw so many people around our age or people who, like, grew up with 90210 saying the same thing. Totally. I know. And I think that just the collective, like, that was my first bad boy crush. Oh, yeah. Is just so strong. Yeah. 
It's it's sad. The nice thing about it is that like Dylan basically turns out to be a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like not really a bad boy. No, he's he's not like at all. there's like a. That's why he was so lovable. Exactly. And he's like the archetype of like you can tame the beast. There's yeah. a nice and guy deep I mean, down. It's, just, it's very good training wheels. It's really nice. Brandon also, was the opposite, where he just came off as like a super great guy, but he was actually way sluttier than Dylan. Way <laughs> way sluttier. He was. He was. He had so many girlfriends. He was like he hooked up with one of his professors yeah. who was married right. and then everything with Kelly and Claire Arnold I mean just the list goes on and on Dylan had just like a few paramours compared right. to Brandon right. he got married to Tony for God's sakes at a young age yeah it's true I'm really sad he's gone I am too there have also been so many lovely stories of people there was a Colin Hanks shared a great story about being on a plane with Luke Perry it was the only time he ever met him and these two kids were pummeling each other. And then Luke Perry appears with like a balloon sword mm-hmm. that he had made and he presents a to them. Sword. Yeah, like Sounds you know, dirty. you remember like balloon animals? Yes, but he of like course. made a sword out of it and he presents it to the kids in order to calm them down. And then he talks with Colin Hanks about it. And he was just like, Yeah, I always travel like with a couple of balloons in case in case <laughs> kids are like getting really freaked out. That's the <laughs> loveliest thing I've ever heard. It also is so weird and random. I know, but it's very sweet. It is really sweet. You're right. Um, uh, just will really miss him. I wonder what they'll do on Riverdale. I am not a huge Riverdale watcher. Have are you up to date? No, I'm yeah. not. I watched season one and I liked it a lot. But then I stopped watching, and I don't know. I saw um, Cole Sprouse at a restaurant recently. I may have mentioned this. No, you didn't. Oh, I saw—it was, like, two months ago now. I saw him at a cafe on La Brea, and he was, like, friendly with the proprietor. He was very low-key. He had his dark hair. I guess it was, like, in between filming. He seemed nice. I mean, he's, like—he's someone who's literally been famous his whole life because, I mean, in a full house and friends alone would be quite a resume. And then they did the Mary-Kate Ashley thing as, like, famous twins— And now he's on Riverdale. And his yeah. brother's not really acting anymore. And the teens really do love Riverdale. They really do. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I mean, good for them, though. Yeah. Well, we'll miss you, Luke Perry. We will. I'd like to thank Luke Perry for everything that he taught all of us. <laughs> um, Truly. Yeah. Let's talk about um, one of our interests here at The Ringer, what it's like to attend a night at Madison Square Garden. But first, let's talk about today's sponsors. This winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. Where are you looking to go? Anywhere you need to relax? I just need a beach. Hawaii, perhaps? Yeah, Hawaii is is what I dream of at night. I bet they have a ton of empty hotel rooms just waiting to be sold in Hawaii. You should check out Hotel Tonight. Thanks so much. (laughs) That's how Hotel Tonight works. They help you score incredible rates by teaming up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms and pass the savings along to you. These aren't last resort type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool, top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. Unlike other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels because Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute booking. So, Amanda, plan that trip, okay? I will. Go to Hawaii. Hawaii, here I come. (laughs) You can play things by ear, use Hotel Tonight to book in advance, and when you join their HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. Start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. We spent a lot of time previously on this podcast discussing Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking this morning, I meant to mention this to you, I feel like the Ariana Grande rise has kind of supplanted the Kardashians, that sort of part of it, in my opinion. But uh, Yeah, but there's only one of her. Yeah, I know. Five of them. But I just feel like she's at, she's at mega fame right now, 
Yes, absolutely. But let's put that to the side and talk about Pete Davidson and his night with his maybe new girlfriend, Kate Beckinsale, at the New York Rangers game, Madison Square Garden. I mean, I guess not maybe at this point. They are definitely involved. I'm not going to speculate on the terms of their relationship because that's between them. And as long as they're having a nice time. I will say, this has been longer than I expected this to go. And is possibly slightly longer than a fling. Yes, much longer than I was expecting. But she also, like, she had that other guy who I can't remember who, like, went away and then came back. I feel like she keeps it casual, as is her as is her right, you know? Yeah, still. Anyway, so they went to a Rangers game, and there was a photo taken of them, like, pretty—maybe not aggressive. It's, it's hard to tell when it's a still frame. It looks more aggressive than— Totally. But they're definitely making out. And Anthony from Queer Eye is sitting next to them and is in the frame just kind of looking confused. And I think, candidly, he looks confused at the hockey game, but in the context of the— I find hockey confusing as well. In the context of the frame, it's like Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson aggressively making out and Anthony being like— There's like like, tongues, very obvious. Yeah, and Anthony just being like, this is really gross. And it's a great photograph, and it instantly became a meme. It's, we, an, it's an instant classic. Yeah, really great. Um, I don't know if this is Pete Davidson style. I don't know. But there's also a video of them walking into Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Which I find a little weird. Like, I just feel like they, they are courting this a little bit. It's attention. Maybe it, I'm just being too cynical. I don't know. I mean, I suppose there are other ways to get into Madison Square Garden. But on the other the no. other side, it's just kind of like paparazzi and places do camp out there it's in true. order to take video of people. And you only it only gets sold once we're interested in it's and true. Googling about it. It's true. I just feel like, you know, maybe if it's L.A., they'd use a secret entrance. I actually don't know if Madison Square Garden has one for celebrities. It's a really poorly built situation. And, and also so, so old. Yeah. So. We didn't really think about this kind of paparazzi culture. Also, I, with all respect, because we are talking a lot about them, but our Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson. The, that like, famous? Yeah. Can they? Can you just get this special access anytime you want it? Or do you have to have a certain threshold? I feel like she is someone who's way more famous than she should be. Mm-hmm. Like, what has she done lately? I believe that she is currently on a show that debuted last Friday on Amazon Prime called The Widow. Okay. So (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. I've gotten some tweets about it. Nor have I. Yeah. But I just don't know that, like, she's just, like, famous for for being really beautiful and also an actress, but, like, just famous for really being beautiful, in my opinion. And so I just feel like she— this is kind of an economy. I I don't know. I just— I I agree with everything that you're saying. I have some doubts about the intentions here. Well, sure. She's aware of her public persona, for sure. She's active on Instagram, as we have discussed. And Pete Davidson is obviously aware of how publicity works at this point. So, yes, he's very aware. He's at a crash course. I don't know. So are we, are we just now totally like this is fake? Or I don't think it's fake, but I think it's like mutually beneficial. It won't be that much longer. Yeah. Fair enough. I, that's that's what that's all I have to say about okay. it. I, I, but you know, have fun, guys. I don't judge. As long as everyone is, you know, consensual and having a great time, <laughs> then I'm great. I mean, seriously. But this did remind me because this is an instant classic photograph. The New York Rangers have provided just a tremendous number of great celebrity photographs. You know, we think when we think of celebrities as sporting events, we think of the Knicks. Yes. At, at least in New York. Knicks and Lakers, generally, because New York and L.A. And it's people courtside looking, you know, being animated and being involved in the game. There's the great one of—my favorite is— um, 
Ethan Hawke was at a Knicks game, as was Rihanna. And at the beginning of the game, his son is sitting in between him and Rihanna. And then at the end of the game, Ethan Hawke is sitting next to Rihanna shooting his shot. Really, really, really good stuff. But there are lots of those. So it's the first thing that comes to mind. There are a lot of very good celebrity photos at Rangers games. There really are. This calls to mind one of my favorite ringer pieces mm-hmm. of all time, Sam Donsky, yeah. who had the best night ever at Madison Square Garden. Yes. And many of those were from the Rangers. Rangers and hockey fans in general are really passionate about their teams, whereas if you go to a Knicks game, it's a little bit more to be seen. It's true. For the I Rangers, mean, it's like a commitment to, to the game. Yeah, well, you know, they can kind of just body slam each other a lot sure. more, and that <laughs> is sort of exciting. I will say also— and I don't mean to be smirch anyone in particular here, but I do feel like an element of all of the Rangers celebrity photos are that, like, there are celebrities who don't totally understand hockey. Yeah. You know, they aren't there because they're diehard hockey fans. A couple of them are. Again, and if you are, that's great. It's good to have passions. But most of them are just like, wow, there are a lot of people skating around, and it's cold in here, and I don't know what's happening. And so I guess I will look excited when something happens. And they're just really, really classic. There is also just a lot of people not watching the game. A lot of people making out, eating popcorn, doing other stuff that's not watching hockey because they don't know what's going on. A sporting event's a great place to hang. If If you're not invested, in the game and you're just there for like a casual hang it's fun because it's like a festive crowd there's food there's drinks it's true you're sitting if crucial com- to me right if conversation lags and there's something to watch yes, she doesn't totally. have to be awkward yes no I agree with it um, I still want to talk about the all time greatest yeah. photograph taken at a Rangers game uh, it features well it actually it features both Tom Hanks and Sarah Jessica Parker Tom <laughs> Hanks is sitting in the front row and is behaving in you know normal sports game behavior Sarah Jessica Parker is sitting one row behind him and has the book Astonish Me by Maggie Shipstead. Great book, actually. It's about ballerinas. I did read this as well. Now that I see the cover, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have that book. And Sarah Jessica Parker is just straight up reading this literary fiction at a Rangers game. She's not even trying. She's got her parka hood on and just has the book totally covering her face. And her her hood is so big that subsumes her head. Yeah. You You can't see her head at all. You can, like, see a few strands of hair. And there's another photo that she is just, like, laughing at something in the book. Or it looks like she's just reading the book and is totally delighted by reading and the experience of literature in the middle of a hockey game. (laughs) Really great stuff. It's pretty amazing. Also, very loud for reading. I kind of, like, respect. Although she could be wearing headphones. We have no idea. And then sitting right in front of them is not only Tom Hanks, but also Chad Hanks, his controversial son. Yes. So it's just a real— It's a tapestry. It's a, it's a tapestry. It's a vortex of influence. There's just a lot happening here. Off the top of your head, yeah. besides Ethan Hawke, Rihanna, any other great sports celebrity moments for you? This isn't off the top of my head because I just consulted Donsky's okay, yeah. epic. Yeah, but it's fine. He, had, he pointed out some great ones. One's Katie Holmes sucking on a lollipop at a Rangers uh-huh. game where she just looks like very non-plus. Yes, sure. Really incredible. Yeah. Side note, rumors that she and Jamie Foxx broke up, by the way, <gasps> like a couple weeks ago, unsubstantiated, but just I want to throw that on your radar. But that has just been like persistent for years. I know, but didn't I think he ended an interview because someone asked him about it, I think. I can't quite recall, though. And then also some great Liam Neeson action at the Rangers. Really fantastic. Yeah. And Susan Sarandon. Um, More recently, I really enjoyed Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Jimmy Kimmel at the Dodgers-Red Sox World Series because they all wore the I'm with stupid shirts pointing at each other. And it's also a good Goodwill Hunting callback, you know, which I like. I like it that they've carried this for 20-something years. Me too. Yeah. The Rihanna ones are the best ones of all time. 
well, one thing I need to throw at you, it's not on a rundown, but yeah. there's a really exciting blind item mm-hmm. a couple of days ago yes. that um, <laughs> it just brings all of my favorite topics together. And again, this is a blind item, so I don't want to say it's true, but there was one that basically implied that Ben Affleck was back with Lindsay Shukas because he was jealous of Chris Hemsworth and Matt Damon's friendship. Completely unsubstantiated. They didn't even name those names, but that was the implication from the blind item. And I was like, oh my God, is this a blind item targeted at an audience of one? And that would be me? Because I was like, I just, it blew my mind. I was like, yes, I've been talking about this. Wow. I know. I mean, there has to be some slightly more complex things going on there. It's also probably not really true. The thing about blind gossip is often the broad strokes or the people involved are correct, yes. but many of the details they imply are completely wrong. Well, motivations are hard to convey. Yeah. You know, I think even the people making their own choices sometimes don't understand their motivations. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I guess I'm just, I'm not the only one who's taken notice of this annual trip to Australia for the Hemsworths and Damon's family. It's all, I mean, it's New Year's. It's all of the, they really are spending a lot of time together. I like it. And yeah. the, Hems, the Chris Hemsworth and Elsa Pataki seem very fun. They do. They don't wear shoes at the beach, so or I like that. Yeah. Many people followed up to say that often in Australia, people aren't wearing shoes. It seems great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amanda, any final notes, celebrity notes from you this week? I think that's it. All right. Team Jordan. Yeah. Team Red Table Talk. Team Jada. Team Jada, ultimately. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. 